Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. about drinkability. Doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm Jeff propelled at all times. How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example, and this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think it's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. We're going to teabag fight. You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five, beer? Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. All right, good afternoon to you. Broadcasting live from the Best of the West Celebrator Beer Fest at the downtown Oakland Marriott. And happy to be here. It's our second year broadcasting uh, from the Best of the West. Last year it was not the Best of the West. It was just the Celebrator uh, 20th anniversary party they had, which is... A lot longer than we've been around. Yeah, it's got a lot of the same vibe, you know. It's yeah. Nice. It's a good feel. It's a good location. And there's 50-plus uh, breweries in the room right now pouring a lot of different beers, yeah. uh, which is pretty amazing. Uh, so it's a good time out here. And uh, we're happy to be here bringing it home to you, uh, folks at thebrewingnetwork.com, uh, able to listen in live. We've got a lot of brewer interviews to do for you today. And we're going to get the scoop on SF Beer Week. It's the inaugural SF Beer Week that's been happening here. San Francisco that Tasty and I have done our best to uh, get to as many events as we could. Yeah, we earned some stripes, for yeah. sure. We're going to talk to a couple of the organizers, uh, Jay Brookston and Tom Daldorf, who's also the organizer of tonight's party. And we're going to find out all about how SF Beer Week went for them, uh, which is going to be interesting to know because 150-plus events, I think there was 152, if I remember right, over a, over a seven-day period, uh, eight if you consider the kickoff party. We like to do our weeks long here in San Francisco. Uh, and what happened was uh, almost every single one sold out. There was shoulder-to-shoulder beer drink all across the city, all across the bay, all week long. Tasty, how many events did you end up making it to? I think I made it to six. Yeah. Six events. It's pretty good, I think. Out of 152? <laughs> yeah, well, you could only be like... You know, one place at one time, and every night there's like ten events. Yeah, you could only do so much. For sure, I suppose. Uh, I had to take a couple of the days off. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's liver therapy. Well, I went strong <laughs> first. I, I went to uh, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think I took Monday off. I was back in action on Tuesday, Wednesday. I think I took Thursday off and then back again Friday, Friday Saturday, and Saturday. So just a couple of days off in there, and uh, it's the best we could do. Right. But there's a lot of cheese tasting, which are kind of my favorite events to go to. I learned a lot about cheese. There was some uh, beer paired with all sorts of food, a couple of beer dinners. Uh, yeah. The homebrew chef, Sean Paxton, of course. Yeah. Uh, the everybody, beer chef. everybody was happy with those, it seems like. Yes. Yeah, those were good. The beer yeah. chef, Bruce Patton, did one. Uh, he does annual uh, Valentine's Day dinner. Yeah. And so just all sorts of beer events. And this is the final event uh, of the week. And Yahoo. <laughs> I'll tell you something interesting that's happened is uh, most of our crew has fallen off the face of the map. We've got... <laughs> Even Bevo, who's, who's been on the wagon since her Drunk of the Week appearance like three weeks wagon? ago. What the, what's with that? Come even on. Bevo made it back to the show. Well. I'm here. Where, Doc, who... Uh, Dude, Doc is annihilated. Well, he got, uh, he got a free entry into the festival. You know, he gets a ticket for being a part of the program, doesn't he? He's a star. And where's he now? <laughs> He's running around, drinking beer somewhere, you know, being the famous beer guy that he is. It's a good thing to do, actually. He has no clue that he's supposed to be in front of a microphone right, right now. We've got a chair for him right here. There's a lonely fourth here's, microphone just hanging jacket. out over yeah. there. He's ready to go. I'm just saying he might be asleep in the corner somewhere. Was he that bad already? No, no, he was doing good. No, he's <laughs> no, he, no, he wasn't there. No, he's, yeah, he's over some, somewhere he's around. Now, Bevo, uh, are you going to uh, sample some of the beers here at the fest today? I tried to. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. That's the best you could do. You know, I just, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you, I think that I don't see what happened to you in this. I'm a quitter. <laughs> one drunk of yeah. the week appearance. And, you don't uh, understand. You weren't there for the whole experience of my drunk of the week. Oh, yeah, it the was, Monday thing, yes. It wasn't just drunk of the Sunday night. It was like, drunk of the and Monday. Monday morning <laughs> yeah. and pa- part of Tuesday. That's right. Okay. Wow. That's sick. That's kind of rough. My boss on Tuesday said, man, you look like crap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was that, Chad's beer you were drinking? I might have an explanation. It was, a, it was uh, you know, towards the end, I don't know what I was drinking, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Okay. Well, tonight's kind of uh, exceptional because it's not just about uh, consuming copious amounts of beer. There's a lot of different beers to taste, which apparently Doc has been out and doing uh, all afternoon. Uh, trying out a few of those. We're going to be interviewing a lot of people, and we're going to be also, I want you to know this, uh, especially folks listening at home, and maybe some of you who are here today too, William Brand, who is a uh, probably one of the longest-running beer writers in the Bay Area, and certainly one of the most respected beer writers that we had. Uh, he was participating in San Francisco Beer Week and going right. to a couple events at the beginning. And tragically, on uh, Sunday evening, he was hit by a muni train in San Francisco, which you can imagine is not a fun experience, whether you've had anything to drink or not. And he's not, hard, uh, yeah. he's, he's not doing real well. But we've been pulling for him all week long. And uh, every night at 7 o'clock across the whole Bay Area at every beer event, we've been doing toasts to Bill right. and just wishing him well and hoping that he's going to do better and that he's going to pull out and get back to writing his column, What's on Tap, right. and his uh, beer blog. Uh, which is ibabuzz.com. Right. And, seen slash him every, and seen him everywhere, like, like events like this. You Just all it. over. Right. In fact, uh, Tasty and myself had the privilege of sitting next to him on the way to the kickoff event on Saturday, yeah. the, the Bistro Double IPA Festival. Right. We were lucky enough that uh, Bill walked right onto our train, sat down, we talked about the whole Bay Area beer scene, and 
the very next night, uh, he was he was hit by that train. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're going to do the toast to Bill again at 7 o'clock tonight. But also, Bill did some work with the Brewing Network uh, last year where he was doing his beers of the week in recorded audio format for us. And uh, he was getting on our show that we used to do on uh, 1550 in San Francisco here. And talking to us about the beers that he was reporting about and writing about. And I've got a whole bunch of those with us today. So every time we take a break tonight, I'm going to play you some of William Brand's clips and covering uh, some of the What's on Tap. And he's great, man. He really he just dove into the beer scene and talked to the brewers and gave us everything we could find out about those beers. Yeah. So I just want you folks at home to know, and everybody who's here today, every time we take a break, I'm going to play you another beer review from William Brand. And they're about three, three minutes long. And uh, I think what I've got is Union Jack from Firestone. He covered for us, which was my favorite beer, 2008. Yeah. And he gave a great review of that. I had the collaboration beer between Avery and Russian River Brewing Company. Uh, Bill Brand covered that for us. I've got that audio for you. And I think I've got a couple more. Maui Brewing Coconut Porter he covered. He really liked that beer. Oh, so I'm going to play all that stuff for you as a tribute to Bill tonight and a well wish that he's going to get better and uh, get back to writing for us. So and then again, at 7 o'clock, like I said, we're going to do a big toast to Bill. And I hope everybody here wants to participate and raise a glass to him so we can get him back doing the stuff he does best. We wouldn't have a job. We wouldn't be sitting at this table no, if it weren't for no, Bill breaking no. ground years ago yeah, and covering beer. Right. He made the whole thing happen. A lot of it. You know, he's, he's a big part of the beer scene around here. So. He is. I'll even drink to that. You'll drink. To, even right. Bevo will come off the wagon <laughs> well, to no drink, drink at all. Bill. All right, good. So that's what we're going to do. we got some other interviews lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about the organizers of SF Beer Week and the guys who put together this festival for you tonight. That's going to be a lot of fun. Find out uh, what the inaugural San Francisco Beer Week was all about. Uh, I do know, I'll tell you this, we kind of stole it from Philadelphia. <laughs> they did their uh, first ever Philly Beer Week last year, yeah. and they really kicked ass and put on a whole bunch of events. So we kind of said, you know, we can't be living in the, uh, in the land of beer, in beer mecca right here in the San Francisco Bay, and not have our own Beer Week. So Jay Brookston and Tom Daldor from Celebrator and Sean O'Sullivan and the beer chef Bruce Patton and, uh, and Dave, Dave from Toronado. All these guys got together, Dave McLean, and they put together the first ever SF Beer Week. That's going to be our main topic tonight. So stick around. It's the Brewing Network. That's what we're going to be talking about. Enjoy yourselves here on the festival floor if you happen to be so lucky as to be here. I've had a couple good uh, good beers already. I'll tell you some of my <laughs> I've favorites. Had a lot of good beer. Quick, I got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Jay Brookston and Sean O'Sullivan and Tom Daldorf about how SF Beer Week came about, and also about tonight's beer fest. So stick with us. It's the Brewing Network live from the Celebrator Best of the West. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Well, beer, we've had some great times. When I was 17, I drank some very good beer. I drank some very good beer I purchased with a fake ID. My name was Brian McKee. I stayed up listening to Queen when I was 17. Welcome to Beer of the Week. I'm William Brand. 
The beer of the week this week is J.W. Lee's Harvest Barrel Aged Beer. Wow. Would you pay $23.99 for a 9.3-ounce bottle of beer by mail? If that's the only way I could get J.W. Lee's Harvest, I'd do it. Fortunately, through some fickle twist of fate, a distributor who cares about classic beers, Harvest can be found at stores with sophisticated beer stocks here in the Bay Area. J.W. Lee's Harvest, which I give four and a half stars, is a true classic. It's our beer of the week. Bottom line, when I saw the bottle on the shelf in a store in Concord, California, I probably wouldn't have picked it up if I hadn't noticed the label. It said, Ale Matured in Calvados Casks. I have a thing about Calvados, the apple brandy that has been distilled from apple, alcoholic cider, in French Normandy for 500 years. When I was a kid, I was a big Ernest Hemingway fan, and he wrote about constantly swilling Calvados in that golden era between the world wars while he was chasing the, the, the bulls or whatever he was doing. So long, so it long had an exotic tinge, something far from corn and cows and University of Nebraska football. When I was grown and Nebraska had vanished from my rearview mirror, I finally got a chance to taste Calvados. Hmm, liquid fire. Not my cup of tea at all. But the word still carries a buzz for me, so I bought the beer. $7.99 for the 2006 vintage and $8.99 for the 2004. That's right, they have vintage beers. The federal government be damned. The 2006 poured almost flat, very little foam. It's an unfiltered copper with a nose of brandy and apples, or maybe whiskey and oak. The taste is stunning. It's it's, It's a bit of sweet malt. A bit of hop bitterness, then a mild brandy apple taste that lasts into a dry follow with a bit of a bang. When this 11.5% alcohol by volume liquid hits your gut, that's the bang. The 2004 was all the above, but drier with all the flavors more blended. Just absolutely incredible. We can thank Matthias Niedhart. He's German-born, founder of the Los Angeles-based import company Be United. Uh, Niedhart explains that J.W. Lee's Limited, an old-time Manchester, England brewer, got the idea in 1986 to make a beer using just-harvested Maris Otter Barley. It's got an incredible sort of rich, hearty, chewy quality to it. It just it makes great beer. And he also used the new harvest of East Kent Goldings, which is the seminal uh, English hop. They've done it every year since 1986, Needhart told me. In 2001, the brewer began aging harvesting Calvados, whiskey, port, and sherry bar- barrels. They've grown very skilled at it. You've got to be very diligent to avoid one set of flavors overpowering the others. That's what happens with most American beers aged in spirit barrels, uh, Needhart says. I'm into that. I'm a big fan of barrel-aged beer, but I've also learned that balance in barrel-aged beer is very important. Frankly, I've just tasted too many beers that taste more like bourbon, for example, than beer. I mean, I I actually like bourbon, but do I like bourbon beer? I'm not sure. The bourbon needs to be more restrained. One of the nicest things about harvest is the striking balance. The wood and the brandy notes are subdued, a part of an overall harmonious whole. This is a beer worth a hunt to find. Can't find it? Email me and ask for my 2008 Northern California retail beer store list. It's what's on tap at sbcglobal.net. That's our beer of the week. See you next time. 
Hey, Push, the new brewery is looking good. Thanks, Fen. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. And the new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. And got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More Beer beer Deal deal of the day. Day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. All right, boys and girls, welcome back. It's the Brewing Network live from the Celebrator Best of the West Beer Festival at the downtown Oakland Marriott. Thanks to Mr. Tom Daldor for inviting us down again. Justin, great to be here, buddy. You know, uh, we did this with you last year for your 20th anniversary. Was I there? Uh, Barely. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for noticing. Yeah, and we did speak to you on the air, too, but again, uh, barely. Oh, good. (laughs) Well, you were having a good time, and you had a reason to celebrate, let's face it. We did. 20 years. 20 years of Celebrator Beer News. Celebrator Beer News. And uh, 20 years of of craft beer in your life. So uh, the only thing I'm worried about is your liver, Tom. (laughs) Actually, if you add in the uh, 10 years that I was in the wine industry, buying really good beer that was available in 1979, 1980, so that'd be 30 years of craft beer. 30 years. Wouldn't it? (laughs) Yes, it would. But it wasn't much back in the the olden days, and Jerry Brooks remembers that. But uh, we had things like, uh, yeah, Boulder had just... uh, come of age in 1979, so we bought it, and usually didn't make it to California in the best of shape, yeah. but uh, we had things like New Albion, and we had uh, DeBaker, we had Palo Alto Real Ales, we had uh, Thousand, yeah. Thousand Oaks, River City, you know, and uh, incredible beers that are just like, uh, but they were the foundation, sure. the foundation of the beer industry. And we needed that to get to where we are today. Absolutely. These were the pioneers that caught the arrows in the back yeah. that... Uh, was the foundation and the basis sure. for the incredible beer industry that we have today that you see in this very room. 55 well, breweries, 250 different beers. Really? Get out of here. I've only had 249 of them <laughs> before the You're program You're a slacker, today. Justin. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of some of the history, we're going to be talking to Don Barclay about the new Albion beer that he produced uh, for SF Beer Week, which is what I want to talk to you guys about today. We've got Tom Daldorf and Jay Brooks uh, from the Brookston Beer Bulletin, and then, of course, Sean O'Sullivan from the 2-1-A. How's it going? Look at how uh, dapper Sully looks tonight. <laughs> like he took a shower and everything. He's a media He's got guy. big boy clothes. You know, well, the thing is, I'm, uh, this is the first time I've ever been on the Brewing Network. I'm actually not the <laughs> oldest guy on the uh, microphone, so is, I feel good true. about that. That's true. It is the first yeah, time. Yeah, so. That's why you keep us around. <laughs> oh, man. Now, you three are part of the Big Six uh, who put together SF Beer Week. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That yeah many? Big Seven? Was it Big Six? Yeah. Did I have it right? No, no Six. Okay. All right. Making sure, I get, yeah. making sure my notes are right. 
Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it's Tom. It's uh, Jay, myself, and it was uh, uh, Dave McLean who couldn't be here tonight. He's actually ill. He didn't make it to the finish line. Now, by uh, ill, you mean uh, SF Beer Week ill? No, or? he's, no, no, no. Oh, he's okay. got some he's, he's got some stuff going on. He's got okay. the flu, basically. And, and we're then, pulling for him right here. And Bruce Patton, who's here tonight, right. and also uh, Dave, Dave, Dave Keen. Keen. Dave Keen as well. Tornado, so, yeah. who's also not here with us tonight. Yeah. Correct. But, uh, I don't know. Dave Keen's got his own thing going on. He does. Well, you know, it's he's uh, got some, a little festival going on right now. You're, sometimes it's your. You, it's, if you have your extra liver, you have you have access to it. Some of us do, and some of us lost it, you know, in the, <laughs> right. as a carry-on or something. So it's left it behind. Yeah, left it behind. So so here we have the inaugural San Francisco Beer Week, and I talked to Jay on Friday when we did our kickoff event at Anchor Brewing Company about how it came about, and it was a bit of uh, realizing that here we are in our own beer mecca, but other cities around the country were doing their own beer weeks. And we weren't doing that. Was that the impetus for, for starting a San Francisco Beer Week? That was part of it, certainly. I mean, we, we, a number of us had talked about it years before. We've been doing Beer Palooza. I know Sean and Dave McLean had been talking about doing something similar for a while. Yeah. And uh, sort of the, uh, the synergy finally came together. The momentum came together. And uh, uh, certainly Philly Beer Week helped uh, shame us and inspire us into, uh, you know, stepping up. But... Uh, but I think all the, the pieces were there. We just needed to put them together. Okay. And Sean and Dave and Bruce and Dave and me and Tom finally got together and said, let's do, it. do this. We formed a band. <laughs> we scratched out the details on a napkin one afternoon, and yeah. uh, now we have a $150 million empire. Wow, no, you guys no, are great. No green M&Ms, <laughs> please. Exactly. <laughs> I did get Tom's rider before the show, and yes. I tried to make sure I accommodated everything. But there were no peanuts in my dressing room. Uh, my fault. Talk he, to our producer. He's having peanuts envy over here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, he really had a. It was uh, actually it was what was going on. All the like Jay said, all the elements were there. You had Beer Palooza, which uh, which Tom was putting on. You had uh, uh, Strong Beer Month, which Dave McLean and I were doing. You had the Tornado Barley Wine Festival, which was part book any one end of it, and then the other the thing double was IPA the Double Fest. IPA Festival with uh, with Vic and Cynthia down at the Bistro, and it just kind of all made sense. The to, corners were really rounded out yeah. to yeah. just fill in the rest of it. Yeah. Exactly. So and, and just kind of my take on the week. I'll, I'll tell you listeners at home and, and folks here if you missed some of the events. What ended up happening was, you know, with these four corners kind of filled, we had tons of beer events in the middle. I believe it was 152 events. Yeah. Is that Something right, like Jay? that, yeah. Somewhere in the low 150s, which uh, which is what we really hoped to get. Uh, uh, about six weeks ago, if you said we were going to make it to 100, I would have been skeptical. But <laughs> right. uh, we got a large flurry of people who kind of got it toward the end. Who really, Nothing like uh, a little last-minute planning. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> And so we were really pleased. Um, I think one of the things I'm most proud about is um, the quality of the events that we got. We got a lot of events that really showed beer in the right light, the light we wanted to show yeah. show it in, um, really elevate it in the Bay Area. And, uh, and that, that really did come together, and I think it showed in the, in the type of events we had. I think that was in no small part due to the beer dinners that were put on, where, where beer was really shown as not only a cooking element, but, of course, pairing. Uh, cheese and beer, which yep. of course is historically in the wine world and over the last, it's been a while now in the last five years we've been doing it with beer Yeah, that myth of wine and cheese does tend to persist, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think I, I think with this last week we really pretty much knocked that one down Yeah, I think you're right. You know, that We put that thing in the Mythbuster dustbin Absolutely, well, and, and the cheese thing has been a part of uh, Beer Palooza and other things that we've been doing with the robe cheese and uh, beer thing. Uh, um, Janet Fletcher from the San Francisco Chronicle uh-huh. uh, uh, did a beer tasting with me over at Rogue one time, just one-on-one. She brought the cheese, 
um, Rogue and I produced the beers, and she agreed at the end of it. Uh, she had no idea what the beer scene was all about because she's really a wine person, you know? Yeah. And she said, you know, Tom, um, beer really is a better beverage with cheese. So pair. I think, as Sean said, we knocked that one out of the park. Yeah. That's our territory. But as Jay pointed out, what's happening is a lot of these restaurants like uh, Oliveto, Chez Panisse, uh, many others, yeah. have jumped in and said, hey, we recognize that beer is an integral part of food and fine dining and fine living. And all these people out here know this. But finally, the regular people are catching on. Thank Most you, guys. people out there. Getting a little more mainstream. I will say this. I looked at the... You can go to sfbeerweek.org for kind of the recap to find out what you missed if you didn't make it this year. And I went to sfbeerweek.org on Thursday looking for what I was going to do Thursday night. I was at work, actually. I had a real job problem. (laughs) And uh, while I was there, I'm looking at Thursday, and I think there were four or five different beer and cheese events just that night alone, and I couldn't figure out where to go. It was it was amazing. I ended up oh. going to uh, Toronado, I think, and, and doing the oh, Amagang beer the and cheese. And, uh, <laughs> just oh. so many. I know, yeah. Uh, how spoiled am I? As long as he went somewhere, that's the important. How thing. big of a problem is it for us in the Bay Area when I'm looking at 13 different events to go to on one particular evening? That's a good kind of problem to have, I think. <laughs> and I think this is how you did so great on yeah. SF Beer Week. It was definitely, we kind of used... Uh, the New Orleans Jazz Festival is an example. Okay. Where if anybody's ever been to that festival, you always like end up uh, gauging it of what you missed. And okay. so we really wanted to have more events than you could imagine, so it was difficult for you to choose. So that was kind of a, the idea behind it. And I think it's really important that um, we, we were afraid that there would be a cannibalizing of... Um, you know, the same people going after all these events, so a lot of the events would come up short. And what we found out is that, uh, in actuality, that all of these events were doing really well. So we yeah. were bringing new people out that were energized by all of this excitement about beer. And uh, SF Beer Week really, you know, turned up the burner, if you will, under the mash ton of beer appreciation. <laughs> Whoa, there's that beer reference. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was yeah, I think that is That's the, best. the writer in Tom. I think that is the best part. I mean, we've been hearing that uh, all the events, even though they've been overlapping and multiple events going on at the same time, yeah. that they've all been very well attended. So clearly there's enough people who have an interest in, in going to these type of events. And uh, even some of the events we thought might not draw as many people as we m- might have liked have all very much the opposite has happened, that, that, that people have shown up. Um, a good example is right in front of me here is uh, Jenga Jen and uh, did Wet Your Whistles. They did a, a pub crawl uh, using Caltrain as the, oh, the yeah, vehicle I heard about that. back and forth. And they really had no idea who they'd get. And they had 45 people show up to, uh, to, uh, um, to be shepherded by them uh, up wow. and down the peninsula at different uh, beer destinations. And, you know, we, we're, we're hearing that all over the place. There was a, an event in Monterey. Rosie's Cracker Barrel uh, for a beer tasting drew 50 people. It was the largest event that Rosie's ever had in wow. their entire history. And now they want to do a beer tasting every month. And, uh, you know, you couldn't ask for a better success than that, that people are, are being drawn into the beer world and learning uh, about all the fine craft beer that the Bay Area has to offer. Well, I have two great examples of uh, success, uh, SF Beer Week success of my own. And one of them was that even the events that I thought uh, would be sort of lightly attended, and I chose them deliberately because I didn't want to stand shoulder to shoulder all week long. So I thought, I'm going to You have a, that problem. I'm gonna, yeah, I don't want too many people touching me. Uh, so, you know, I, I thought I'd pick these events I thought might be lightly attended. 
they didn't exist. There was not a lightly attended event this week. So I showed up at a couple of them thinking I was going to, you know, just walk right up and sit down and have a comfortable beer. No, 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 not at all. Uh, every, every event this week was shoulder to shoulder. More importantly, a, a, a bigger standard of how successful San Francisco Beer Week is. My own mother is at her very first beer event, beer festival, uh, in the, ever in the history of, of her life. At her very first beer festival, she called me, well, from Walnut Creek, and said, uh, yeah, I can't miss San Francisco Beer Week. I'm coming down to the Celebrator uh, Best of the West Beer Fest today. So, Tom, you have the honor of hosting my mother at her very first uh, beer event. Ah, oh, your sainted mother knows it. <laughs> and she should come out for our very own... Uh... That's right. Yeah, thank you very much. Any advice for a brand new festival goer of any kind? No, uh, if, you're, if you're at the first time, how do you go? How do you navigate the floor? Choose your beers carefully. Okay. And uh, look for um, the kind of beer styles that you like and remember that there are like 55 uh, to 60 different breweries pouring some 250 different beers a lot of beer so you really need to choose and think about uh, what you're drinking because we all have our alcohol limit um, you know allowance sure and we want to contribute to that in the best possible way yeah maybe have a little cheese and crackers while you're at it put a little something in there but uh, yeah I mean think about what tastes good and ask people say I like Pilsners, I like uh, Ambers. I like, or what do you have that you think I might like because this is what I like to drink? No. Certainly. That's a great piece of advice. Ask the people pouring you uh, their, the beer. Uh, tell them what you like and see what they've got to help you out. There you go. All right. I know you're all busy, except for Sully. <laughs> You'll be with, Sully will be, be with me all night. Uh, he doesn't know what that yet. What but, is that? Uh, I'm just letting you know. You're stuck to that chair now. <laughs> Uh, I do want to talk about one one last thing w- sure. while I've got you all here. And, of course, at 7 o'clock, we're going to do a toast to, to Bill Brand. Absolutely. Uh, but before we do, uh, le- you know, we just need to mention that uh, just this past uh, Sunday evening, uh, beer writer Bill Brand, I talked about it as we opened the show, uh, was hit by a muni train. And um, we're still pulling for him. And we still don't know uh, how he's doing. And, and maybe just very briefly, each one of you could just say, how do you know Bill, Tom? Tell us a little well, bit about Bill it. Bill and I go back uh, at least 20 years because Bill's been uh, writing for the Oakland Tribune for that long. And they allowed him to write about beer because it filled column inches. Yeah. And they didn't realize, uh, the Oakland Tribune didn't realize, that he would develop this incredible following for um, for beer. Which he and, did. And, and you have all kinds of wine writers and all that kind of stuff. But who was writing about beer then? Um, in those days, and Bill was one of those who, because of his passion for beer, has been uh, one of the longest, um, you know, writing uh, beer scribes yeah. in the industry. And the the um, support that he has given to the development of the beer culture that we have today is incalculable. Yeah. I mean, you could not really. Uh, you know, describe uh, what it's worth. It's just huge. And what a tremendous loss for someone who has been such a fan of good beer in America as Bill Brent. And we're just hoping that he comes back. He's an idol of mine. I remember as I was, uh, even before I was planning the Brewing Network, I used to read his column, What's on Tap? And I thought it was amazing that there was a writer out there who was writing about the very things that I was very geeky about. And uh, actually, Jay is another... uh, uh, big idol of mine. Uh, when I used to read Jay's stuff. And I thought I was an idol here. Well, Sully, okay. you came later. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and what uh, am I, a chopped liver? <laughs> Not no, at all, no. Tom. <laughs> 
but but William, Bill, you know, before I knew who he was or who any of you were, I was reading him in these mainstream newspapers. Jay, what's your experience with William? Well, I've known Bill probably almost uh, 12 or 13 years uh, when he was doing the newsletter online. I was doing a website back then, and that's when I first corresponded with him. And, you know, just known him over the years. Always run into him at beer events, and, uh, you know, he always asks about my son, Porter, who's... Uh, who's uh, autistic, and uh, we always have uh, talk about that, see him at different events, and he's been a good friend and colleague for all that time, and uh, it was just a real blow, I think, to the to the area to lose him, and uh, I hope uh, hope he'll be okay. And temporarily. Temporarily, exactly. Hopefully, temporarily, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the news right now is uh, a little bit grim, but uh, well, we're all pulling for him, and we hope that... Um, you know, things will turn around. He's very resilient, and we know that for sure because he had some trouble a year or so ago with his ticker and uh, was able to battle back from that. So hopefully uh, he'll be just as strong this time around, and uh, and we will see him out, uh, you know, with his notebook and scribbling yeah. away really soon. So. Well, and that's one of the great things. Uh, I, I have a great picture of Bill in my mind just at, at Plug Him In Anywhere, at any beer event, where he's doing just what Jay said. He's a very quiet, and uh, he's a little small even, a little small in stature, and, and there he is just writing away, almost uh, oblivious to what's happening around him, just reviewing the very beer that he's drinking. And Sean, you have the privilege of being one of the last people to see him before the accident. Yeah, I, I think maybe the food probably drove him into the hospital. Ah, you jinx! <laughs> <laughs> No, I, come on. He had to make a little light of that. He, he, Bill would love the joke. He would uh, love You know, uh, Bill is a great friend to the craft beer industry. Bill always struck me as somebody who has kind of a wide-eyed appreciation, almost yeah. a naivete approach to the whole thing. He's not jaded. He's not kind of a, a slothing through the whole, like, beer writing thing. He, he, he has a real, like, kind of like, oh, wow, what's that all about? What are you guys doing over there? I really like those sort of uh, almost innocent... <clears throat> I'm getting choked up. <coughs> no, it's just the cold. Uh, <laughs> innocent approach to the whole thing that I always admired and thought was great. And I'm hoping I'm a speedy recovery. Yeah, Absolutely. we are. And, I mean, and we certainly don't mean uh, to, to, to speak in the, in yeah. the past tense. That's not our, our point here at all. I just want to talk about how we're really pulling for Bill. And uh, it's just not going to be the same without him. And here's uh, – I'm sitting next to three people who know him intimately, so I just yeah. want to make sure that, uh, that we, we were able to talk yeah, about Yeah, we're him. pulling for you, man. At 7 o'clock tonight, we are going to do a toast as we've been organizing all week, uh, in no small part due to Jay and his blog, just really kind of publicizing and making sure that everybody knows that at, at each event, um, let's make sure we toast to Bill. And we're going to do the same thing tonight at 7 o'clock. And uh, he's just a, just a great dude, and I can't wait to interview him again. I've got a, uh, a – sh- we did a show with him back in April. And when we finish tonight, I'm going to put that show on. Just so if anybody doesn't know who Bill is, we're going to play his interview. And, and he was great. And just a lot of fun. So let's do that. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm going to take a break. Uh, at the break, I will tell you, I've got a, a, a Beer of the Week review from Bill Brand himself. He used to, he did a couple of those for us back in two, uh, last year. Nice. And uh, he's covering uh, the collaboration between Avery and Russian River Brewing Company. He talks about that beer. Sweet. He reviewed it for his column and did an audio version for us. Uh, so we're going to play that here at the break. But uh, in the meantime, Tom, another great Best of the West Festival. Justin, thank you, sir. A lot of good beers. I'm going to go try. I'm going to Excellent. finish the show early, I think, so I can get back to it. <laughs> uh, of course you are. Uh, the three of you did a great job Thanks. on this year's SF Beer Week. Thank and, you. of course, the other three as well. Let's not leave them out. Dave and Dave and Bruce, uh, who's here tonight also. So If you want to get on the team next year, you have to have the first name Dave. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? Apparently. You have, a, you have an advantage if yeah, you're a yeah. Dave. I can change that. I have no uh, loyalty to my name. So I might. Uh, I love the fact that your mom's sitting right behind you saying that. <laughs> and I'm saying, my 
mom named me at the. I was already born. She couldn't figure out what to name me. She was watching a John Wayne film on television in her hospital room, and apparently John Wayne. She thought I was going to be manly. Sorry, mom, for the disappointment. Uh, and she's and he was Justin on the, whatever film she was watching. That's how I got Whoa. my name. Nothing creative about that. That's the first time I've nice. ever heard that story. That's awesome. That's <laughs> Is so there, cool. Are you making fun of me? Have I told you that every time I I've ever seen you? No. <laughs> every time. He's telling that damn name story again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. A real quick break. Guys, great job on uh, at San Francisco Beer Week. You can go to sfbeerweek.org and check out all the information you need, uh, plus probably for this show, at least a clip of it. Uh, We'll be back with some more interviews live from the Celebrator Best of the West Beer Festival right here in downtown Oakland at the Marriott. Hang in there. It's the Brewing Network. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Welcome to Beer of the Week. This is William Brand. Are you ready for a beer hunt? If you are and your preferences go toward intense, do I have a beer for you? It's Collaboration Not Litigation Batch 2, produced by Avery Brewing in Boulder, Colorado, and Russian River Brewing here in Santa Rosa. It was released in February, but don't worry, there's still some around. If we're talking about light loggers, the news has to get out fast because they have a shelf life measured in days. But Collaboration, which I give four stars, has a lifespan measured in years. It's our beer of the week, and it's easily one of the best beers I'll see this year. About the odd name, one of Russian River's signature beers by co-founder brewer Vinny Solerzo is Salvation. It's a strong, dark, Belgian-style ale. Avery co-founder and brewer Adam Avery also makes a strong, Belgian-style ale called Salvation. Both are 9% by volume. Get the picture? Fortunately, Solerzo and Avery aren't the figureheads of corporate conglomerates. They talked. They hoisted a few damnations, and a few months later gave birth to collaboration. Vinny and his wife and co-founder, Natalie, trekked to Boulder last November, and Vinny brewed his version of Salvation. Then Adam blended the two beers, Russian River Salvation and Avery Salvation. And this is batch two. The first batch was blended by Vinny two years ago in Santa Rosa, and it's gone like yesterday's news. Batch 2 is at 8.72%, a translucent, tarnished copper color. It has an intense, fruity nose, like raisins ripening in the late summer sun. It tastes mildly sweet, but there's an intriguing underlying tartness. It's that interplay of malt and tart, the almost sour note that makes the beer utterly seductive. At the end, there's a bit of warming from the alcohol which lingers on the lips. Despite its strength, This is a beautiful, easy-drinking beer. It puts the craft in craft beer. Note, collaboration is a blend. It's not bottle conditioned. In bottle conditioning, a bit of fresh yeast is added to each bottle, so slow fermentation continues in the bottle. That won't happen with collaboration. But it's a malty, strong beer, and the flavors will coalesce and blend over a lot of time. Adam Avery says he has a few bottles of collaboration batch one, and it tastes better today than it did when it's bottled. I bet it does. I drank mine, damn it. Can't find this beer? Email me at what's on tap at sbcglobal.net and ask for my 2008 Bay Area Retail Beer Store list. Also, for more beer reviews and beer news, check my blog www.ibabuzz.com slash beer. And that's our beer of the week. See you next time. <laughs> White Lab 
Labs, your source for maltose mowing monsters, announces the White Labs Platinum lineup for 2009. Looking for out-of-the-ordinary yeast to make the best beer possible? The Platinum strains from White Labs are only available for a limited time and make your homebrew stand out. Through February, find Australian Ale, Essex Ale, and Dusseldorf Alt Yeast. March and April, it's Nottingham Ale, Abbey 4, and Mexican Lager Yeast. And May through June, don't miss Premium Bitter Ale, Belgian Wit 2, and Belgian Bastogne Ale Yeast. Keep up with all the great yeasts in the White Labs Platinum Program at whitelabs.com, where you can also join the White Labs Customer Club. Brew with the freshest and most unique yeast with the White Labs 2009 Platinum Strains. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty crispness you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Live. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. You know, Put some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> the Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. to the program, everybody. We're live from the Celebrator Best of the West Beer Festival at the Oakland Marriott Convention Center. I don't have internet, so we're uh, sort of unofficially live. We're, we're recording as if we were live, just like the people at ESPN do and everybody else, but we're not actually live. We're pseudo-live. This will be broadcasting uh, tomorrow morning for everybody. And now, Roger wants his headphones up and then his headphones down, and... Roger is the. I just want. I've also got. I've got Rick Seller sitting next to me and Jeremy Cowan from Hebrew. And I just want you two to know, as new guests to the program, that Roger's the biggest diva that we have to work with here at the Brewing Network. That's right, bitches. Every time he comes on, he's he wants cold cuts in his dressing room, and uh, that wasn't dressing room, by the way. <laughs> and pictures of uh, Schumann. Uh, our, our sound guy, uh, Roger's very demanding. Schumann, can you take your shirt off? <laughs> see? You see what I'm getting at here? All right. Well, welcome to the program. We've got Roger, who's now with uh, Triple Rock Brewing Company. I've got uh, Rick Sellers, who uh, is with... You're the, you're the new beer dude at Draft. Yeah, the, uh, the beer director. For the draft beer director. Well, beer dude is just... Beer, as, beer, 
Greenwood is pretty good. Yeah, that works well. <laughs> and then finally, I've got Jeremy Cowan uh, from Hebrew Greetings. Uh, Brewing Company. Jeremy, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, actually. I've never actually asked, but I have been wanting to talk to you. <laughs> happy to talk here. Happy to be here. Well, and one of the reasons I always want to talk to you is because you've got kind of a Brewing Network sense of humor about you. Uh, we like to have a lot of fun with beer around here, and so do you. Yes. Uh, but you're making great beer. You're elevating beer. But at the same time, you're making fun of, uh, of people, you know, as you're, as you're at it. Well, we're trying to have a good time and uh, make unique flavors that, rep- that uh, kind of reflect the unique personalities of the labels and tie in ingredients that tie into anything from the Torah to Circus Sideshow Freaks in Coney Island. Okay. So everything is uh, sort of, not everything, it's, it's very uh, uh, Jewish related, uh, a lot of the beers. Yeah, well, we have two brands. One's called Hebrew, the chosen beer. Okay. Obviously more of the Jewish side of my life. And, uh, yeah, I'm serious about the Judaism part, but I'm also serious about the beer part, and I'm serious about the shtick. And uh, then we have a whole new line of craft brewed lagers uh, under the Coney Island brand that's doing some of the stuff that Roger's been doing for years with ales and being more aggressive, um, but trying to use it with a lager yeast and just seeing what happens. And uh, higher alcohol, unique ingredients, unique flavors. And what are you pouring on the floor here today? Uh, we've got a little bit of everything. The new anniversary beer from Hebrews called Jubilation it comes out once a year. This year was our 12th anniversary, so 12 malts, 12 hops, 12%. And just out of curiosity, how are you spelling Jubilation? <laughs> As one would expect okay. on the Brewing Network. Good. I like J-E-W. that. Perfect. And, uh, and then on the uh, cone, oh, and then of course our uh, Rye Double IPA, it's a tribute to Lenny Bruce, um, another fallen hero, and a, a perfect opportunity for shtick and beer. Yeah. So it's a rye, for, uh, 20% rye malt. Uh, uh, every hop we can get our hands on last year especially was tough. Um, and then we've got uh, from Coney Island the brand new Human Blockhead, which is our 10 slash 11. Roger? Great beer. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Did you like that one, Roger? That was a, it's, a, it's a great beer. Okay. That's a, it's a fun one. It's uh, The whole point of the lagers is to take some kind of vague European notion of what a lager might be tweak it with some of the stuff that in this room all these brewers have been doing for years throwing in unusual ingredients a slightly different hop process slightly different hop varieties and the blockhead is is an example of that it's been really fun we also have a white lager that's 40% wheat malt brewed with a lager yeast and it has has some oatmeal and has some rye has some uh, and then on the hop side it's got European hops but also has crystal so we tried to throw in a little Pacific Northwest shout-out. It's pretty interesting where you choose to use lager yeast. You know, what most <laughs> people would expect for you to use some ale yeast, you're saying, hey, let's uh, throw a lager in there. Yeah, last year we did a, our first ever kind of hybrid beer under the Hebrew line. It's called Ju- uh, Rejuvenator. Okay. And, again, with the J to the E to the W. And um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it started out with a lager yeast. Um, it was a half Doppelbach, half Belgian-inspired double. And so we started with the lager yeast, and then I bought a custom blend of some Trappist and Abbey yeast, and we finished as an ale yeast, and then threw 500 gallons of fig juice in at the end, wow. and just left it alone. Okay. Um, so that was a wonderful inspiration experiment, and it luckily worked, yeah. which we weren't sure it was actually going to. Every, everything works out <laughs> eventually. Or if it doesn't, buy a distillery and throw it in there. there, you go. there you go. That was Never the, have to pour anything down the drain. That was the <laughs> advice today. Going back <laughs> to the, uh, the human blood. Blockhead. Did you get a chance to see the human blockhead, the actual human blockhead in San Francisco this week? No, I didn't know it existed. Actually, I, I was lucky enough to see it because Jeremy and I did a dinner, and uh, this dude was pounding nails into his nose. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
Nails and power drills. And power drills and... Uh, it was a crowd pleaser. I oh, did miss insane. that. Yeah, sword swallowing. So the Coney Island stuff is fun. It's a, it's a fundraiser for the last remaining fixed sideshow in America. Circus sideshow was usually called the freak show. Okay. So it's a guy who juggles a chainsaw and swallows a condom and spits it out and... Uh, Swallow the what? That's yeah, dangerous. Exactly. Uh, out his nose, in his mouth. Wow. It goes, is that knows. condom filled? Dude, you should have seen it. It was so horrifying. I've never seen this thing he did this time. First time I've ever seen it. It's called the Big Swallow. Jokes are utterly appropriate on the Yeah, that's network. fine. Yeah, we do that here. And uh, he swallows a three-foot balloon. And he's holding his breath the entire time. It cuts off his air passage. Yeah. And it goes into his stomach, and then his last hurrah is sticking the last little bit in, and then all of a sudden he's drinking a beer afterwards. That's a man, no, I have to no, say right no, now. Honestly, if that was a girl... <laughs> then it'd be better. <laughs> I see your point, Roger. Now, how many shows did he do? He was out for a while, right? Yeah, we had a cra- we had a really good week. Wednesday with Roger was an amazing beer dinner, which actually was done. Beer and Nosh uh, here in the city yeah. is an incredible new blog website. Out of control. Yeah, Jesse's doing really doing cool job. stuff. Jesse Friedman, got to give him a shout-out. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so we had a great night that evening, and, and Donnie performed. And then Thursday night we had more of a... I guess a San Francisco throwdown style with a beer event at Bender's, one of our favorite bars in the yeah, mission. Yeah, like Bender's. Um, and then went over to Hotel Utah for a variety show with some really wonderful Bay Area performers who do everything from, uh, I think they called themselves Zombie Punk Cabaret, to, uh, we were actually, the gal, the, the one big missing event this week was the gal who was supposed to light her nipples on fire and transfer oh, it to her mouth. How did I miss it? I know. I can do that right now. <laughs> Roger can do that for us. What do, you, what do you want? Yeah, exactly. You know, the more There's I'm interviewing... Missing, especially his third nipple. <laughs> that's, that's it's the, the biggest one. flame. That's the fiery one, yeah. thought only Claudia knew that. <laughs> the more I'm interviewing tonight, the more I'm realizing I missed some of the most exciting events of the week. I went to the very... It's kind of strange for me. I went to sort of the conservative events. If it was beer and cheese, I went to some barrel fest, things yeah. like that. But, you know, you guys were going to circuses and, you know, people <laughs> lighting themselves on fire. That's a... Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna roll uh, I'm gonna roll with Jeremy next year. That's why it was it was a sweet week. <laughs> why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> just saying that I was hanging out with Some Roger all week, bullshit, but I think I'm thinking I'm gonna roll with Jeremy yeah. next year. That's it. That's Sourfest, man. Sourfest. That is utterly a bad sign. If I'm more exciting than Roger Davis, <laughs> I have come so so far the wrong direction. <laughs> Roger's mellowed out in the last year or that, two. I haven't seen his ass in like a year dude, and a half. I don't know what he's been doing. Fifty percent of I'm a thousand percent is still a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jeremy, uh, we have listeners everywhere, so uh, just real quick before we let you go, I know you're a busy guy, uh, where's your beer available? Everywhere? Um, or? We're in, uh, not quite everywhere. We have good national distribution through about 25 states now. Okay. And uh, it's it's great. Florida up in the, down the East Coast through the Midwest, which beer scene in the Midwest has just totally blown up in the last few years. The South is on fire. We were just talking about this with Brian Yeager, who's a beer writer. and Yeah. It's crazy. We did four beer dinners and four nights in Atlanta, okay. and by no means was that the only thing going on. I mean, and we were sold out. Everything was sold out every night. Incredible excitement about it around the country, um, not just for our beers, but for craft beer. All these people who had either bottle laws that were messed up or alcohol laws that were messed up, and now all of a sudden there's all these opportunities for the best beers in this country to get to everywhere. Good. 
That's what we like to hear. I mean, internet and blogging and podcasts, it's all the difference, man. It's this niche market that's... You're welcome. That, uh, thank you. <laughs> we, it's, when, when do we pay again? <laughs> exactly. Listen, don't get me wrong. I, I, uh, everybody, the boat is floating. Yeah, The really boat is. is floating. And thankfully, actually, it's just not tanking right now. Yeah. So if we all end up with jobs and this is actually it or some vague semblance of it, we'll be pretty psyched. Yeah, absolutely. Jeremy, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate you being on the show. My Come pleasure. back again. Let's talk more about your beer. I'd love to do that in the studio sometime. Sounds great. L'chaim, all peoples. There you go. What, all right. What did he just say? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Bless you. <laughs> Zoom tight. Is that dirty? <laughs> now, uh, Rick Sellers, the new beer director at Draft Magazine, is with us today. And uh, the reason I wanted to have Rick come sit down with us, too, is because uh, at every event I've been to, I've seen Rick there with his camera and reporting. And so I'm sure that you even were hitting all the other events I wasn't able to make, too. Not, uh, we, hit, we hit a number of events. Um, we tried to play it on the, the safe route. We're doing the session beer. So, like, the double IPAs, the barley wines. Um, Low calorie dinners like the Sean Paxton beer dinner. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you were really playing it I, safe. I'm. Uh, let me tell I've you. Gained weight this week. Let me tell you about uh, Rick. Now Rick's a very, uh, very mellow uh, character in the beer scene, and he's he's around. He's very kind. He's shaking everybody's hand. Very nice, and you never see him sort of out of control or anything. But I got to know Rick a little bit this week, and uh, speaking to him about his events, uh, we saw each other at the Toronado uh, Barley Wine Fest yesterday. I saw Roger there also. And Rick's telling me this story of last year and how, you know, after barley wine, they go and have tequila, and it just turns into this entire night of uh, debauchery that, he, that he, he will never do again. Well, I, don't I think I said I would do it. Well, yeah, you uh, kind of said I'm never going to do that. Then I see Rick today at the festival. Not only did he do it again, not only did he go back to tequila night after Tornado, among other things, but he was up at eight o'clock this morning having oysters and beer. He had been to four different bars before yeah. arriving at the Celebrator Fest today. It's a, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> the man takes his hair of the dog seriously. It's. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, there's it's, uh, There's a lot to do this time of yeah. year. It's uh, great oysters in San Francisco. Great. We went and had some Magnolia Stout. Uh, stopped at 21A for a couple of the big beers. What time of day is it by this time? Uh, 6.30. <laughs> yeah, it's like 7.15. A.M. I was still hitting the snooze button. We also went to the Pacific Coast Brewery and then the Trappist. And yeah. Yeah, we had some good times. So I guess the point here is is that uh, Rick means business when it comes to his beer. And even though it's the seventh day of San Francisco Beer Week, the eighth if you showed up on, uh, actually the ninth if you showed up on Friday. That's right. Uh, if you were dumb enough. He is still, <laughs> Bruce Patton, one of the organizers, telling us it's the tenth. Tenth day. I'm terrible tenth at math. Day. It's a San Francisco week. is ten days. We're doing it every four years, by the way. People. But you're here today, and uh, tell me, give me two highlights of SF Beer Week for you, Rick. Um, if you want to make a, a bucket list or a list of things to do before you die, um, you got to go to a really good beer dinner. Okay. And there's been so many this week. Uh, Bruce has done some. So many people have put together genius beer pairings. Yeah. And they're the kind of things that you walk away from. You're inspired. You you want to cook food in your kitchen, and you want to serve it with some of the best beer you get your hands on. And it's shocking to me how many people haven't had that experience. You yeah. go to these beer dinners. I've been to two this week, and you know they ask you know how many people have been to a beer dinner before. Very few people raise their hands. Oh, and I'm, I'm very surprised. I'm, I'm very happy that more and more people are yeah. discovering this. Um, but yeah. Discovered some of the beer the beer dinners. There's there's so many out there, and, and some of them were put on by brewers. Some of them were put on by uh, beer chef. 
there's a lot of the stuff going on. I think that's great that it's meeting a, a, a several, you know, numbers of people that have never been to a beer dinner yeah. is a positive thing. People talk to us. Uh, we go to a lot of events where a lot of people know us. Yeah. And we go to events where nobody knows us. And, and some of our staff will say to me, hey, maybe we're not advertising enough. And I'm, I'm always saying, you know, the day that we show up and everybody knows us is a, is a tough day because it means right. there's no more room for growth. And it's the same with beer dinners and people learning about beer. The right. day that you show up and everybody goes, oh, yeah, I've done the beer dinner thing. I've done the pair. I've yep. done the tasting. That's going to be a tough day for craft beer. You know, we still got to expand and grow yep. and, and, and keep educating people. And uh, just, you know, the of course, the double IPA and the barley wine fest. <laughs> <laughs> the, the double IPA and the barley wine fest, they, you just can't top those. I you mean, if, if good you're, festivals. Uh, it's a, if it's you're a great bookend. Yeah. They're yeah. two great bookends for what, what became, like, one of the best weeks ever. Yeah. But, in I'm SF beer. so happy it's over. Well, and this is what I want to say. Even those those were great bookends. I had a great time right. at the IPA Festival. I had a, a wonderful time at Toronado. But I, I was talking to Roger yesterday, and, and I think that Roger, in, in my book, okay, and my book is, is a nobody reads my book, uh, is one of the unsung heroes of San Francisco Beer Week. My two favorite events, I just asked Rick, you know, give me two yeah. things about what you should go to. My two favorite events this week, and I, and, I, and I said it to you yesterday off the air, so you know it's not just me trying to get you to sponsor the program, Roger. Uh, my two favorite beer events... Checks in the mail. <laughs> ...were Roger's, and it was his Sour Beer Festival uh. on Sunday which uh, I could only stay at for about an hour and a half. I had a show to do. And then his Barrel-Aged Beer Fest on Tuesday. And you did such a good job of bringing in beers that not just me, but a lot of the beer quote-unquote experts that were in the room had never tried before. And we're so excited. You brought a bunch of beers in from Belgium, uh, sour beers that I never knew existed, barrel beers like I've never tried before. They were my two favorite events because they were, they were small enough to be intimate. But there was enough variety of beer uh, that you could really find things that you, you never thought you were going to taste this week. Roger, you did a great job on your two events. Well, thank you. I've heard great things about that, too. I know brewers that um, submitted beers for the, uh, the Barrel Age, and they were, they were excited you know, yeah. that just to be able to drop it off and be part of the week, even though they're not local San Francisco brewers. Yeah. Um, they're just excited to have their, their beers part of the week, part of the, everything that's going on. Yousef from Ballast Point was especially excited, Roger. He told me he brewed the best beer ever brewed ever in the history of beer. <laughs> that's how excited he but, was about your barrel age. that's fest. because Yusuf sucked. <laughs> We're going to have but, him on the program uh, first Sunday in April. We can talk to Yusuf uh, from Ballast Point in San Diego about the best beer ever brewed in the history of beer. But he's actually probably, in my opinion, the top-notch brewer. I mean, bottom line, he makes the, the best beer the best barrel beer for sure. It yeah, was fantastic. well. The barrel aged beer was yeah. like over the top. Yeah, yeah. He but, did a uh, good job. No, it was it was nice to uh, to be able to call on some friends and be like, you know, hey, we uh, we're doing this barrel aged, we're doing this sour thing. Send me kegs, and uh, everyone responded. Especially uh, Colby over here from uh, Ballast Point. Also you know, from he sent Point. up a sour sour wench and a sea monster bourbon barrel, bourbon barrel, bourbon barrel. <laughs> Which, Checking uh, your facts, I appreciate it. Going going through the kegs now uh, are the only two that uh, actually kicked. Really? So you there know, you go. It's, uh, uh, that's a sign of how good it was. It's mad respect to all the brewers out there that uh, sent us beers, and uh, you know, yeah. 
just I know a couple of people in the industry, apparently. <laughs> apparently, you know a couple. Apparently, yeah. And a couple of people across the world, because, again, the Sour Festival had some beers just that I'd never even heard of. And uh, there was, I will, I'll make fun of myself for a second. There was a beer that you gave me on Sunday at the Sour Fest, and you, it was kind of loud in there, and I'm actually really hard of hearing. I've had these headphones on for, for way too long. So I read lips a lot when people are telling me what they're giving me. And you gave me this beer, you said, you have to try this beer. And uh, when he gave it to me, uh, I'll tell you what I heard, and then I'll give you the facts later. What I heard was, here's this wonderful sour beer from Transylvania. And you have to have it. I've just got it in. And so I took it, and I thought, wow, uh, Transylvania is now in this uh, craft beer seat. And I took the beer away, and I'm drinking this sour beer. And, and I even recommended it to a couple people. I said, you know, you've got to try this beer from Transylvania. That's, and, that's good work, jackass. And finally, yeah, here I am. So I'm going around like a jackass talking about this. I just sometimes don't put two and two together. I finally offer the beer to somebody, and I go, you know, you've got to try this beer from Transylvania. And they go, uh, don't you mean don't you mean Pennsylvania? Don't you mean Bethlehem, Pennsylvania? Oh. And I go, oh, oh yeah, maybe you're right. That would make more sense. But I'm really hard to hear it. So, but Bethlehem a Brewing Company, right? Bethlehem Brew Works from Pennsylvania. From Pennsylvania, it was uh, two of my favorite beers there. Transylvania. What the fuck's wrong with you, man? I'm such a retard sometimes. I'm telling you. And this is what no, I that heard. Was, uh, we only had six bottles of each. We had a cranberry lambic and we had a frambois. Good the frambois beer. frambois was like, you know. And it was a good friend of mine. I, him and I brewed together for like three years. Just uh, really amazing stuff. Yeah. A, a good, right. Sour beer is not easy to do, in my opinion. It's easy to sour beer. Right. It's not easy to make a sour beer like, right. that, that people enjoy. Uh, I mean, look, I can sour beer. Most of the beer I brew turns sour. But yep. that's accidental. But are you that's doing that on purpose? <laughs> yeah, not on <laughs> yeah. purpose. This is my pale ale sour. Right. So that was my experience with... Uh, sometimes, look, Roger, I have a lot of respect for you. So if you say Transylvania, I'm listening. You know, I say, oh, well, Roger says it's from Transylvania. You might be listening, but you're not comprehending. <laughs> not really here. And that's really what yeah. needs to happen. All right. Well, I'm sure that we can find a report in Draft Magazine about San Francisco Beer Week coming yeah. up. You can check out our website, draftmag.com, and we have a blog there that's going to be uh, updated with lots of pictures and uh, stories. Good. Rick's been around uh, all week long, like I said. I've seen several events, so I'm looking forward to seeing those. Roger, again, thank you for the two events that you put on, man. I, I uh, really... I, I, I had a great time, uh, like, tracking down the beers, calling friends, doing the whole nine yards, and uh, I appreciate the fact that you liked it. No, I really enjoyed it, and I hope you're going to do the same next year because uh, I'm a sour beer sucker anyway. But like I said, it wasn't, you know, you didn't just have the standard sour beer sucker. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think it's getting real close to 7 o'clock. It's about 20 minutes away, and we're going to be doing a big toast to William Brand. Uh, the SFA beer nice. writer nice. Yeah, at 7 o'clock. Great, that's a great thing you guys are doing, the, the, the playing these for the, for the listeners. That's great stuff. At the break, I've got Bill Brand's uh, review of Union Jack. My favorite beer of 2008 was Firestone Walker's Union Jack, aside from this one that uh, Roger's given me right now, by the I way. Ju- I just handed Justin a uh, six-year-old port barrel imperial stout infused with blueberries. Ah, it's beautiful. An amazing beer. Yeah. So... At 7 o'clock, we're going to be doing the Toast to William Brand. It's been happening all week long, uh, since Sunday. Uh, 7 o'clock, Toast to William Brand. So stick around. If you're on the other side of the hall by then and not listening to us, that's fine. But just raise your glass. Look at your watch. Everyone's going to be doing it at 7 o'clock. And uh, folks at home, you should be doing the same. Guys, thanks for uh, uh, hanging out with us and talking about SF Beer Week. We'll thanks see you next time. Us. All right. 
I was going to take a quick break, but it uh, looks like my producer has sat down a very special guest. And, and, and Roger and Rick, please stay if you, if you want, if you'd like to. Um, we thought that this gentleman was gone already, but uh, Don Barclay is now sitting down with us from Napa Smith Brewing Company, and we're really glad to have you. Uh, Thank you, thank you. If, you've not, if you're not from the SF Bay Area, you may not know this story, but uh, kind of the reason that we're all here today uh, was from a, a brewery that existed a long time ago uh, and, and doesn't uh, exist anymore, unfortunately. The new Albion Brewing Company actually started in 1976. 76? 76. I didn't know that. I thought it was in the 80s. No, no, 1976. And it actually produced its first beer in 1977, right about August of 77. And what was that beer that it was? That produced? beer was the new Albion Pale Ale. Okay. And Don, uh, you have that recipe. You got it. I've got it stashed right underneath <laughs> my desk at work. You got it, yeah. Did you brew that, that first pale? I did not. You did not. I did not bring I'm not the trying very to date batch. you. I just want to know. You know, I'm not trying to show your age or anything. I'm well, you, the gray hair comes from something. I'm not <laughs> yeah. quite sure what it is. But you didn't brew the first batch, but you were there uh, at that time period. Yeah. What I what happened with me was I uh, I knew back in about uh, 1976. I actually went back to the University of California Davis. Okay. And I started studying brewing sciences with Dr. Michael Lewis. Oh yeah. And uh, uh, Dr. Lewis says, you know. Don, with your long hair and goofy looks, you're not going to get a, a, a job in the normal brewing industry, which would be Anheuser-Busch, Coors, Miller, all that sure. kind of stuff. So, says, but you may want to, you may want to uh, go see Jack McAuliffe. Jack is starting a brand new little brewery, the New Albion Brewing Company in Sonoma, California. Okay. And I said, okay, I'll go see him. And I went and saw Jack in um, oh the winter, 1977, November, December. I walked in, I said, Jack, I'm ready to make some beer. And he looked at me and he said, get the hell out. Really? Oh, absolutely. Even he thought you were too freaky looking. He did. He did. <laughs> get your haircut. Yeah. He recognized right off the bat, this guy was nowhere, nowhere. But right. Now I tucked my tail between my legs and I, I headed out. I came back a couple months later and walked into the building and I saw a gal by the name of Susie Stern. Okay. Susie Dennison, is it? she also goes by now. But uh, she was Jack's main partner there at the New Albion Brewery Company. He said, oh, Don, you want to work for free? Oh, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Sure, come Let me on put down. you on the wow. payroll. Yeah, let's quotes. get onto the payroll. Wow, craft beer's a lot like radio, I'll tell you right now. Exactly the same. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, got it. <laughs> Show up and work for free, and everyone says, sure. Sure, I'll do that. Okay. So uh, in 1977 then, or 78, in the spring of 78, I started working at the New Albion Brewing Company, producing New Albion Pale Ale, right. New Albion Stout. And then later on, I developed a recipe for uh, the new Albion Porter, okay. uh, sometimes known as Old Toe Sucker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. O- yeah. Old what? Toe Sucker. Toe Sucker. Different than Different than ToeSucker.com, that's a whole other <laughs> fetish. You don't want to uh, get involved with that. That's something you really Never don't mind. want to know. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, now, let me ask you, was New Albion the the first craft brewery in the United States or just the first craft brewery in, in our region? No, it was the very first craft brewery to open up in the United States. Okay. The first new brewery to be licensed since Prohibition. I see. So from the time 1933 
1976, there was no brand new brewery licensed in the United States. Can you imagine Until that? New Albion. That's Until insane. New Albion. Now, I can't wrap my head around that. Was nobody asking or they just weren't giving? Nobody was asking. Interesting. Nobody even wanted to do it. Yeah. Every brewery was either being uh, closed down or sucked up by one of the big brewers. How okay. many brewers were, were there then? At, uh, at that point in time, there were 16 brewing companies in the United States. Okay. And one of them was Anchor. <laughs> and one of them was Anchor. Okay. Exactly right. Which, you know, uh, could be called uh, the, the, a craft brewing company at that time. Couldn't, couldn't they? Well, absolutely. Well, it, indeed. Yeah. Anchor was a craft brewery. Yeah. It had a contiguous license all the way through, through Prohibition and all, all after Prohibition. But it had changed ownership and, and, for that matter, even changed quality of beer. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think what Fritz did with Anchor was really, you know, showed that a specialty beer, a big flavored beer, was something that the American public could wrap their hands around yeah. and really could enjoy. Sure. And nobody else had that foresight, other than the fact that Jack McAuliffe came along and said, you know what, how about a brand new Little Bird? How yeah. about something that the whole movement could do? And then, after, not long after that, of course, the whole um, brew pub yeah. deal came around, which was a fantastic opportunity for our industry. No doubt about it. Don, do me a favor. Just get a little closer to that mic. I just want to make sure everybody can hear this. It's a fascinating story. Absolutely. And so how long did New Al- How long was New Albion around? New Albion Brewing Company lasted from 1976 until 1983. Okay. In 1983, we closed the doors, jackhammered out the floors, and uh, moved on. And we took that equipment and uh, installed it up at the Mendocino Brewing Company. Oh, yeah. Very first Which start. Which we know the, today as the Mendocino Brewing Company. The Mendocino Brewing Company. Yeah. The producers are Red Tail Ale and Eye of the Hawk and Blue okay. Heron and all those other good brands. Yeah. And so I was, uh, I left uh, the New Albion Brewing Company, went to the Mendocino Brewing Company, became the master brewer there. Yeah. And uh, worked for 25 years at the Mendocino Brewing Company through the very first uh, brew pub in California, the second one in the nation. Wow. And then went uh, on to, uh, pr- to, well, they're producing about 50,000 barrels of beer a year at the new Albion, uh, part of the Mendocino Brewing Company. Okay. Okay, so now you're at the yeah. Napa Smith Brewing Company, yeah. which is new. Napa Smith Brewing Company has been in operation in sales for about nine months now. Okay. And for SF Beer Week, you reproduced the old Albion Pale Ale. You know what? This, is, this was a great opportunity. What a bunch of fun for me. Yeah. I mean, really, what a kick. And really, uh, quite truthfully, quite a, a great honor. Because here at the uh, in San Francisco, in the San Francisco Bay Area, is where the whole microbrewery, craft brewery started. Be it Anchor or be it uh, the New Albion Brewing Company, this was the really beginning. And to have San Francisco Beer Week happen, and to create all the excitement about good beer, and then have an opportunity to make the original yeah. recipe That's for exciting. the New Albion beer, the very first craft new craft beer sure. on the scene. Uh, for this event was really fun. And I'll tell you, I had a great time making this batch of beer, but when I tasted it out of the bright beer tank, and I took a little taste, and it was nothing but memories after really? that. Oh, my Just God. Just bringing yeah. you back to you the... You got it. It all came roaring on back like a... So is it safe to say, then, that the very first American pale ale from New Albion yeah. was also the very first uh, SF Beer Week pale ale? 
That's exactly right. You I got think to do can. it twice. Yeah, I got to do it twice. All right. And this is a one-off deal. so uh, Yeah, so where's the beer now? Can anybody still get it? No. <laughs> it's gone. Except right here, it's gone. Is it pouring here tonight? It is pouring here tonight down okay. at the booth, and uh, we will have it available. I think there's one keg that we're saving for a, a, a pub in Napa. I see. In our hometown. I, I, I might be able to guess the pub. How about Bilko's? Yeah. yeah. Good. All right. We like Bilko's. Okay. And they're, they've been a supporter of us in the past, too. So I, I, I like that you're giving them this good beer. Actually, Brett is a, a great supporter of the microbrewing movement. He's and, a good dude. And in April, we'll uh, crack one more keg. And that'll Albion be it Pale for Ale. New Albion Pale Ale. You got it. For another 30 years. Anyway. Yeah. That's right. We got to wait. <laughs> I'm not going to live that long, Roger. And by the way, neither are you. I just want to let you know. Well, thanks for the information. Yeah, I just, you know, I've seen the way you, you live, and uh, neither one of us are making it another 30 years. After this week, I'm, I'm surprised I'm still alive. Now, Don, you're, you, in fact, you yourself may have to hand this recipe off to somebody just for safekeeping, because God forbid... You know, some, yeah. something happened to Don. Well, are, are you saying that you could keep this beer safe? Is that <laughs> no, right? No, that's know. not me. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't want to give it to me. There's nothing but, safe about uh, that? No, uh, not safe at all. But you may want to give it to somebody because this is a tradition that I think uh, should carry on. Well, absolutely. I think that would be great. And, you know, what I was uh, really considering is I, I was really wondering wh- who is the next brewer that might be yeah. chosen for next year. Maybe wow. there should be some other uh, uh, people we could honor in regards to this industry. I actually like that idea. I, I, I'm a nostalgia kind of guy, so yeah. I, I would like the idea of you uh, continuing to brew it. But I do think, it, you know, maybe under your tutelage, it could be passed on from year to year. And that would be kind of fun. And, and it would be a great honor. You couldn't just hand it out willy-nilly. Yeah, we couldn't do it willy-nilly. No. Yeah. And whether or not it's brewing a New Albion Pale Ale or a Anchor Specialty Batch yeah. or yeah. one of the other fine brewers around, I think that cool. San Francisco Beer Week can lend its hat to a number of great brewers around this area because yeah. we're, we're doing a special thing here. We'll, we'll give Fritz a call and see if he can uh, give us uh, the Liberty yeah. recipe so yeah. we can all brew it somewhere. Everybody brew I'm it. I'm sure he'll be all over there. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, that's going to happen. I'll tell you what, I might get it. I'm pretty good at getting recipes out of people. You just give me a, give me a few months see what I can do. Yeah, you've been working hard on me, I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Don, thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, my pleasure. This is a gas, and thank you very much for doing it. Try the beer if you're here in the hallway. Go out and get the new Albion Pale Ale. It's a piece of history right here. Don's not a piece of history. He's a young man. But the beer itself is a piece of history. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, it's a piece of history in every glass. Every gulp. How's that? Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Don. I appreciate it. Rick, thanks for hanging out. Give us your report. Cheers. Stay tuned to Draft Mag for some SF Beer Week reports. And, Roger, good job this week. Meet Roger at the Triple Rock Brewing Company. He's there, uh, well, every day for the poor bastard. Yeah. Uh, and making some really fine beers over there. So, uh, Thanks, guys, for hanging out with us. Cheers. Alright, we're going to take a very quick break. I'm going to play you another beer review from beer writer William Brand. We're all pulling from him. And at 7 o'clock, we're going to do an inter... Uh, uh, We're going to do a toast, which, by the way, is about seven minutes away. We're going to do a big toast to William Brand, so stick around. If you're on this side of the hall, if you're on that side of the hall, spread the word. We're going to raise our glass to Bill. It's the BN Live from Celebrators. Stick with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewing Network. 
Hi, welcome to Beer of the Week. This is one of a weekly series about beers around the Bay Area that you can find, hopefully. This one is about India Pale Ales. Have you ever wondered what the future is? Will we look back in five or ten years and wonder what all the fuss was about? One thing's certain, the style as it evolved here on the West Coast is incredibly hot. But IPAs are also ancient. They're a 17th century British invention. They were beers that were brewed strong enough to survive a sea voyage of four to six months to India. They were put in wooden casts, shipped by sailing ship around the Horn of Africa. By the time they arrived to the Indian colonies, the beer was just ready to drink. But as centuries unraveled, the style became mellower and mellower in the UK. And because of taxes, they became lower and lower in alcohol. In an English pub, an IPA meant a mildly hopped about 6% beer. But then along came Fritz Maytag of Anchor Steam in San Francisco with Liberty Ale. He released it on the eve of America's Bicentennial, July 4th, 1976, and tongue-in-cheeky called it Liberty Ale. Your average yellow beer drinker was flummoxed. They didn't know what it was, and mostly they didn't care. But those of us who love good beer and couldn't find any in the United States were blown away. And in the decade that followed, after home brewing became popular and then became legal, a stream of home brewers began making IPAs. You'd go to somebody's house, and they'd have several different kinds of IPAs. Some were awful, some were great. And those, a lot of those home brewers became craft brewers, fired the whole craft brew movement, and almost every one of them made an IPA. And today, you can't go into a brew pub and not find an IPA. They're everywhere. So naturally, craft brewers have been pushing the envelope, and a new style, double or imperial IPA, has evolved. Our beer of the week is Firestone Walker Union Jack, which I give three and a half stars. Straddles the line between double and regular. It's 8% alcohol by volume and 70 international bitterness units. Uh, while English IPAs are around 6%, and American IPAs usually top out around 7% and are far less bitter. A bitterness unit, by the way, uh, let's see. Uh, Budweiser is 13, maybe 12. Uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is 37. Uh, Guinness tops out about 60. So anyway, Firestone Walker's Union Jack is just a great beer. It's a beautiful addition to Firestone Walker's lineup, which also includes double barrel ale, which I give four stars. Union Jack's a crisp, clear copper with a dramatic, aromatic hop nose. Inhale those hops as blow you away. It's a blend of English pale malts and carapels, a malt that adds color and a full taste, and a number of hops, Centennial, Cascade, and Chinooks. Four times the hops of a regular ale. It's dry hopped twice. A hop package was placed in the fermenter, and then the process was repeated with a fresh batch of hops. The taste is naturally hoppy but not bitter, and in the middle is a rush of malt sweetness and a dry finish that leaves a pleasing, mild bitterness on the tongue. Wow, hats off once more to Firestone Walker. And that's our Beer of the Week. See you next week. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, so I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. 
That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. The Brewing Network brings together the winner of the Sam Adams Long Shot Competition and the most awarded home brewer in history to do battle in the next chapter of The Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Every episode, Jamil Zanishev and Mike McDole lay their reputations on the line to brew your favorite commercial beer and put their results to the test. Perfect match or perfect drain pour. Tune in for the recipes, techniques, and interviews with the pros that answer the question, Can You Brew It? The Jamil Show, Can You Brew It? begins Monday, February 16th on The Brewing Network. Okay, I rolled a 15, and I get a plus two from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way! You had to be to 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks! I just failed versus oxidation. Our party is fracked. Doug's the only one left, and his beer is a Berliner Weiss. What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart Y-Yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters Beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com the Brewing Network live from the Celebrator Best of the West Beer Festival at the Oakland Marriott downtown. A lot of people hanging out here, enjoying themselves, getting some good beers. Over 50 breweries hanging out here. And a lot of people, including Carl Sorensen, who's having his uh, 29th birthday here tonight. Uh, I'm kind of jealous of him because I've already passed the 29, and once you do that, it's all down. I don't even remember that year. You start getting gray hairs in your beard and uh, elsewhere. No one wants to talk about that. But happy birthday to Carl, and uh, good for you. Um, You know, for being 29 and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) At a beer fest. What it is to be... Tw- Listen to me. Like what, I'm 60. What it is to be 29 again. Just, just don't, don't catch yourself on the wheelchair there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got a lot of things to cover. We're going to wrap things up tonight here at the Celebrator. But uh, most importantly, it's been a theme all night. Uh, it, it's certainly been a theme this week at the Brewing Network and also for San Francisco Beer Week. Uh, one of our very own, William Brand, uh, was injured in a train accident on uh, Sunday evening. Uh, after leaving Sully's place, no less. Uh, we've been blaming Sully since. 
uh, William, I'm sure, will no, blame That's you the with, only humorous aspect of the story. <laughs> yeah, just, pretty just much. Just to blame Sully. Yeah, yeah, just blame me. I'll take that hit. And I can't show. wait to sit next to Bill and talk about the experience, and I'm looking forward to doing that. Absolutely. So what we've been doing all week, and uh, and by we, I mean the organizers of the San Francisco Beer Week, not me. Uh, the guys who have put on these events, the individuals outside of even the Big Six who have been putting on the different events all week mm-hmm. long at 7 o'clock since last Sunday night. We've been doing since last Monday night, rather. We've been doing these, right. these toasts to Bill. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're a couple of minutes late. I don't think Bill will mind. Uh, no. I've got Jay Brooks back on with me tonight. And, and please, if, if you can hear the speakers or if you were listening earlier, you're on the other side of the hall. And certainly if you're tuned in at home, whether it be a podcast. Get something in your glass now. Get something in your glass because uh, Jay's got a couple of things to say uh, about William Brand as we toast him. Well, just uh, we've been doing this all week long, starting Monday night. And we want to keep doing it until uh, Bill is here with us to, that he can toast to his own health. And uh, we want to keep uh, keep that fire alive. Um, the news is, uh, you know, that he's doing the same. We keep hearing rumors of some positive things, but nothing we can verify. And uh, so, we want to raise a glass to Bill Brand and hope that he's here with us soon. Please, to Bill Brand, to, to Bill. Bill, to Bill. Cheers. All right. All right, Bill. Get you back soon. That beer tastes good. Yeah. And it was good beer. Bill, you would enjoy what I'm drinking. I've got a nice brown ale from right next to me here. And I'm sure there's a lot of beers here that you would enjoy. So come back soon and talk to us. I'm drinking an export from uh, Shipyard, actually. Oh, yeah. I I had a good Shipyard beer earlier. It was either the export or the barley wine, and I opted for the the export. (laughs) Well, as I mentioned early in the program, my mom's at her first beer fest here tonight. She's not a a big beer drinker, but she likes a couple of good beers. She's got a dark beer in her hand right now. (laughs) (laughs) I promise you she's not enjoying it. I'm sorry for whoever's beer that is. It's a great prop beer, Mom. What she did like, though, uh, kudos to Shipyard. Do they have a nice blueberry wheat over there? Oh, yeah. A uh, lot of blueberry in there. So uh, she did enjoy that. Good uh, crossover beer. Yeah, that was a good one. All right, with us right now, uh, Rich Norgrove from Bear Republic Brewing Company, who I've known for a couple years now, but uh, Rich and I always, we cross paths and never with a microphone in front of us. <laughs> so I'm really excited that uh, you're going to sit down with us tonight, Rich. Well, thank you for, for having me. You're one of my favorite uh, uh, brewing companies in the Bay Area. Stay close to the mic for me. Just It's not your fault. It's our sound fault. Uh, stay oh, as no, close as you can. No worries. I, I think, you know, one of the reasons we haven't actually done this before is being actually a, a veteran. I get these guys running around in sergeant oh, uniforms yeah. and lieutenants, and it starts start freaking me out. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sorry about that, Rich. I don't want to scare no, you, I, you don't, I don't have my stripes on, so I'm yeah. having a, you know. You have to salute, like, Justin's car or something like that when it goes by because he's a general. <laughs> I will say this. You know, our listeners started calling themselves the Brewing Network Army a couple years ago. We didn't We didn't start this. Our, our, our entourage did. You know, it works. And so it does just keep, work. keep it up. Keep but it up. every now and then, you know, I, uh, some of our listeners ended up making us clothing with, with, uh, uh, <laughs> with ranks and everything. And every now and then I'll, I'll wear my colors and, and someone, will, uh, a vet, will, will come up and say, you know, uh, are you a vet? And, of course, I have to say, no, I'm not a liar. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a liar. I have to say, no. 
And I always get that look like, well, if you're not a vet, then you're an asshole. Just take. <laughs> because take you're the, wearing that. <laughs> take the hoodie off. Yeah, yeah. And then I. Good I it's, gosh. It's like the best I can do to just say, listen, I, I mean no disrespect. It's our. It's uh, There's a lot of armies. I'm Ours back from my eighth tour army. of uh, <laughs> Iraq, and you're wearing your little yeah. funny BN Army sweatshirt. Yeah, I'm back from my eighth <laughs> tour around the Celebrator Beer Fest. It's about the best I could do. It works, though. Just stick with it, though. All right. I've been you sticking know? it out. You should, you should represent all the services, though, I think, at some point. We Rich? do try. Uh, what know? are we going to be in Navy, be in Marines? Yeah, exactly. BN, uh, we, could, we could do our best. Too. My dad's a Navy man, so he would love Oh, yeah? It. Yeah. We could probably do that. Yeah. Just for, I'll tell you, I have enough respect for your brewing company to do that for your dad. I would do that. Well, I appreciate you. Um, God, I finally did it. Sat here and, and here made it work. Is it everything you thought it would be? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I, I have to get over it, and I'm, and I'm good. We'll make it work. I well, just I will say this to you, Rick. Let, uh, let me start by saying, uh, and I don't know if this is good for your company or not. You didn't sell me the beer, so it's probably going to be okay. I've been drinking Bear Republic since I was 18. Okay. Oh, my gosh. No! Yeah. No. I went to, there, used to be this, there used to be this great <laughs> brew pub in Concord, and it was called The Depot. Okay. And it doesn't exist anymore. Right. But they always had 30-plus beers on tap before any bars had that many. Not any, any. Anything in the East Bay. They didn't have beer bars like that before the depot in Concord. And they had your beer. Wasn't that Alex? And, uh, yeah, that's depot? right. It was Alex. Yep. Absolutely. And I had, uh, I had Racer 5 for the first time at that place. I think by then I was probably 20 or so. I still wasn't of age, but they didn't know the difference. And I've never gone back, man. Racer 5, such an awesome beer to me. And, of course, several other beers you've done since then. But it introduced me, that and Lagunitas IPA introduced me to the hoppy beer style. You know what? Sonoma County's got a, a lot of great breweries. You know, if someone ever runs the numbers, how much beer we're pumping out of there. It's uh, it's a lot. We're going to give those wine guys a run for their money someday. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. They, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of brewing companies, too, that, um, you know, they do a do a lot of hype, a lot of publicity about their beers. They, they put it out there. Yours is one of those brewing companies where the beer really puts the publicity out itself. I mean, people know about Racer 5 because it's one of the original great, hoppy, good beers. Well, you know, it, it wasn't always done. The publicity portion of it, people have people who do that. I think uh, my dad just keeps me working. He and does. So, um, <laughs> to be honest, that's been part of the part of what we do, just nose to the grind and, and make it work. And. I actually made a deal with uh, my partner, my wife, this year that I would get out and try to do more of this stuff so that people actually could have a name or a face with the, with, with the bear because they don't. Because they don't. Yeah. They just well, see I, the beers. I, I think people probably know you in the industry, but uh, I, I think that's probably a great idea. I, I got to tell you, the, the, uh, the Racer 5, though, that's like everybody always says that uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is like your go-to beer when you don't have a beer to go to, you know, there's yeah. something it's a great beer, you can always count on it it's like, your, you know, it's like a warm friend or something like that Sure, we all have warm friends we oh, do, yeah. Most but I have to tell you, Racer 5 absolutely is that beer right? that when you want it, and you want a nice hoppy IPA-ish I mean, it's an IPA uh, beer that you that, that's the one you always go to that's, it just seems to be the you know, the, the stalwart, the one that's there and I gotta, you know yeah. Well, tip my hat to you on that one if I had you, a hat on. You you know we're. I, I have to compliment this guy sitting next to me, and you guys Sully don't get to, don't get to see today, him, of course. But uh, he makes a, an awesome beer called Bitter American. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. And if, if there's any beer in the last two years that has put me on a track to push, 
Bitter American. Well, yeah. I, I, thanks. So I, I, we're on it. Thank you so much. I, well, just the Bitter American is basically kind of the anti double, triple, quadruple IPA. It's a beer that, you know, we're all kind of going in another direction with IPAs in a lot of ways. It's like more hops, more, you know, more yeah, alcohol, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And it, we just decided it would be kind of like turn the turn the ship around and uh, and basically produce a beer that was had a lot of hop flavor and was low. It's only 29 to 3.2% alcohol, so... I mean, I think it'd be great if you did that. In fact, I think we should have, honestly, let's just say it right now on the network, Uh-oh. we should have a session beer festival. Yeah. We should have a I beer, agree. nothing I'm over 4.5% yeah. or whatever. And, uh, That's a great idea. Yeah. No, maybe nobody would show up, but <laughs> Rich, show up. Rich and I would be there, and you'd have your <laughs> microphones, and we could make it work. Yeah. And we'd be drinking all day. Yeah, don't exactly. Worry. All, day. all day. And we'd right? be fine. What do you want to do now? I yeah. don't know. Let's uh, go build a house. <laughs> we can all go home and have dinners with our mother and not exactly. be ashamed. Exactly. It would be fine. <laughs> I will be there. I'll bring crowd noise so that we can just play it through the speakers, and it sounds like it's been There's a huge a success. Mi- a lot of people here right now. You know, Bitter American, Sully, uh, I hope you know this, it's kind of a really cool quiet success. Yeah. People, when they talk about 218, if you're in the Bay Area, because you have to be at the pub to have yeah. it, yep. uh, people talk about that beer a lot, Sully. That's a good one. Okay, so you need to come to the Bear yeah. and try what we're calling NorCal Ale, which is our Inspired by you. Beer. Oh, really? Yeah. How I'll long have you had that on? So tell me about that. Oh, let's see. We're on our second. <laughs> and why what's is going on? Let, Sully. let me get the notepad out. <laughs> We're on our second batch. Oh, right on. We're using um, uh, a Scottish ale yeast. And we're looking at 4.2% alcohol. With oh, you, it's 4.2. That's pretty high. We're like... We're know, still we're working like on it. 2.9. It's, it's a work in progress. <laughs> it's give, like... Give it's like a break. It, this will be the great like struggle of our time between... Is it between session us. in San Francisco or Sonoma <laughs> County? For who, the first who, who time, can, it's who can get lower. Who can get lower? That's like the first yeah. time this has ever happened. Everybody's like above 100 IBUs and, you know, yeah. 12.5% alcohol. You two will be battling out who can get lower. It's the limbo of beer. Uh, Don't you get the sense that Vinny's floating over us right now with like a lightning rod? Like, you guys are talking blasphemy. Yeah, this is impossible. (laughs) It could happen. Yeah. It could happen. I do like the idea. And, of course, uh, Bitter American is a great example. And and maybe yours is, too. I've not had it. But it's this great example of how uh, beer can be full-flavored and full-bodied and not have a lot of alcohol and a lot of hops and these things. It's not as if you have to have a watered-down beer to have a session beer. Well, I, I had I had an opportunity years ago, and someday a group of brewers that traveled with me, Scott Scott Cramlin was one from Rubicon, and you need to get him on the show at some point. Okay. Um, we traveled the UK, and we walked away with some inspiration for beers that, un- unfortunately, I can't sell or haven't been able to sell at our pub. And and I walked away with this idea that I would try to do a dark mild at 3.1, 3.2% alcohol. And that's been something I've worked on for so long. In fact, I think I got so damn close. But but the issue is is that I'm in wine country and no nobody would buy it. So I'd make 15 barrels and this thing would sit around for three or four months and then I'd be looking at my dad and he'd be going, okay, son, this stuff ain't working. <laughs> Never do that again and yeah. go to your room. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so lessons learned from that have actually with with our newer brewery, which. You need to come see again. Both oh, of you yeah, do. absolutely. Because those places where we were given a toast a long time ago, it's all filled. There's no, there's no space. There's no wow. race cars in there anymore. It's all brewery. <laughs> it's all brewery. But I like the race up. cars. I do, too. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me, I do. The, the, the point is, is man, we're, we're, we're working at trying to get that beer back, and I think I can make it fresh enough and, and smaller batches with, with, the old, with the new Wild Horse plant or a little small uh, pilot brewery that we got 
that we can keep it rolling to where... How do you make it dark and uh, low alcohol without being too astringent or too... Uh, you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. Give, give me some secrets. Well, one of the things <laughs> that Mart, Martin Cullimore showed us is the fact that he, he took inspiration from Belgian beers and from candy confectioners that were local and actually created his own sugar base that was unfermentable but was also burnt. Oh. And so those characters came across in the beer and, and some of the darker... You know, colors came from the roast malts, but the point behind the beer was is that you could sit around and drink it all day. Yeah, and literally, it had so much flavor. And you know, the key though is not to call it a mild. Well, that, because yes. that's the that's the kiss of death. It, well, instantly, that's, that's it, it, unfortunately, you know, you you're, you're in the marketplace and you have to you gotta you know you gotta get people into it and you cannot call it. Yeah, mild seems to be like a. A bad, well, not a bad word, but it there's turns. the stroke of genius for bitter America. Yeah, I mean, yeah. during the last uh, last eight years, we've all been very bitter. I think, and, and <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> in a true. lot of ways, right? Yeah. So when we that's s- where that came from. No, but it's true. Yeah. And, and so, so you look at that and you go, God, can we? Can, is there a way that we can throw that out there and put it in front of people? And 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 you found a, a, a well, I got to. I mean, honestly, I got to give the props to Jesse Hauk, uh, my head brewer, yeah. and that is his baby. I mean, he created that thing. He ran with it. He even named it. So, uh, oh, really? Uh, of course, we own the rights in perpetuity. <laughs> Good on Jesse, though. <laughs> uh, so, you know, he's uh, that was his little baby, and he's had a lot of fun with it. I mean, the key to that beer to geek out on a little bit is that uh, a little bit higher mash temperature. We're using uh, Golden Promise uh, Pale Malt, which gives you a lot more malt complexity to it. Yeah. And uh, What's and, a little bit higher mash temp? Give me you a... Know, probably around one, uh, the mid-150, 157 kind of range. We're oh. using the O1 yeast Seems from like White a... Labs. Okay. Uh, so it's the Chico Ale Strain, American Ale Strain, whatever they're calling it. And uh, and the big thing we do is we really hit people over the head with aroma because to me that's the first like introduction of like when you like t- when you taste a beer is that you taste you, you, you get the aroma and that sets you up for your, your whole taste experience. So okay. Hey, what's this? A uh, Schumann's pouring beer to us. It looks to me like uh, what is it? Uh, hell or high watermelon wheat? Sully, have you ever heard of this beer? It's out of a can. I think that's awesome. Give Rich more than, than me. If okay. he's, uh, Thank you very much. Oh, Rich is <laughs> you get the last of it. Hey, it's from a can, man. We this is. Um, I've been on record saying we're going to do this someday, so now I'm going to be a follower, yeah. and not a leader. <laughs> now they're going to have it. So we're. Uh, I'll we're, get my I'll get my uh, my can scepter, and we'll walk out of here, and you know. You, you know, sure, I, I need a beer. If you it. can bring us another one, that would be great. <laughs> All right, Rich, I'm running out of time. Okay, cool. But I want to make sure I talk to you about a couple of things that are important to me. All right. And that is what you're doing oh, at wow, Bear Republic. And a couple of things we talked uh, just before we got to come on the show today. I tried your hop rod. Hop Rod Red, but uh, it was in a, a, a barrel this time. Well, one of the things that we're, we're fortunate, you know, where we live, we, we've, we've got this, we're the hub of three valleys, Alexander Valley, Dry Creek Valley, and the Russian River Valley. And that Russian River Valley and Alexander Valley has put out some of the best, you know, wines in the world. Yeah. And because of that, there is a natural resource for me, which is barrels. And those barrels, and I would have to say some of the, the misconceptions about, about what barrel aging is, has a tendency sometimes in the U.S. to be more towards the Belgians rather than trying to understand what a barrel will do. Okay. So we, we presented a beer here tonight, which you would spend a bunch of money at our pub drinking. <laughs> which, okay. we, which my dad's going, why'd you bring that one? But, yeah. but we brought it because we wanted to see what people would, would say. Go to your room. Yeah. There you go. 
And Chardonnays are traditionally known for their buttery character, the the diacetyl push that a lot of people get. Yeah. But there's a huge push in Sonoma County to get back to our grassroots, and and so tying that back into that terroir of our of our area. Is, is the fact that there, there used to be a, a, a tremendous amount of old Italians and Portuguese that put together some of these great fruit-based Chardonnays, and it was all about the fruit. And so in this case, with Hop Rod Rye, which is, has its own distinct character, you throw those, those barrel-aged nuances of fruit before it's gone through a malolactic or a brett or whatever someone chooses to, to, to put in those barrels. Yeah. And when you can get those barrels in their infancy... They they are starting to create for us some of our some of our beers that are that I think are going to be really really they're well received. I mean, well, if it's ba- you know based on the one I had tonight, I think they are going to be well received, and I think that as as beer connoisseurs or which is probably an overstatement as beer lovers, uh, we really enjoy these new flavors. Something else you told me about that is kind of uh, that I'm excited about because it's going to be educational for the beer consumer. Is that you're going to put out a series of beers where it's the same beer, yep. right? Even fermented in the same vessel. Yes. So what what we did was we actually came up with a, a base recipe, and, and Peter Kruger is about ready to have a baby. He's my head brewer, and and we were trying to get people to understand what's going on with the barrel aging concept because I really believe that there's a tremendous amount of folks who just want knowledge. They just want information. Yeah. So. So what we did was is we took a Belgian triple, and we, we basically took the same batch of beer, which was a hard sell to, to, to Pops or Dad, yeah. that, that we need to age this for a year. Yeah. And then when we present it to you, it's going to be presented in a small nip bottle with uh, a, a cork that I can tell you we've actually spent a tremendous amount of money to get fashioned for these smaller bottles. Okay. And then, and then you're going to get a package, and this package is going to say... Um, this one was fermented in a um, 110-year-old uh, uh, Jomaine Robin um, cognac barrel, and then uh, and then one from 110 years old. Yep, and this was this I mean, was that's a co- older than me, <laughs> barely, and uh, just by a couple seconds. <laughs> there's folks who've actually tried some of these beers in er, early on. Bruce put together a beer dinner for Bear Republic, and we presented it there um, in its infancy, and. So a Chardonnay barrel, a whiskey barrel, wow. stainless steel. And uh, each bottle will say... Uh, what it is. Yeah. And then come with some recipes from the brewers in a nice wooden box presented from Bear Republic. And wow. with the intention that when you try these, have, have a tasting and a party with your friends. Right. And, and open them up and enjoy That's them brilliant. for what they are. And then, and then they're, they're one-offs. And so we, we've, we've started the packaging process of it. And when we finally do get it out there and release it... Yeah. Um, a lot of folks are doing a, a great job in the industry of, you know, contact the brewery and buy it from the brewery. And we're not really sure how this is going to fly with the distributors or where it's going to go. But, but look for that because it is part of what we will call some of the new growth. You know, for years, all sure. I've been doing is making Racer 5, and that's all I can do. <laughs> Understood. And, and there's um, nothing wrong yeah, with that. Yeah, and we thank no. you for that. But I see where you want to You want to do more and create more and educate more. And so... So tonight was another example of that plane because what we've actually started to recognize is that some of the some of the wet the north coast west coast whatever you want to call them barrel aged products which a lot of times get clumped into this nuance of Belgian beers or Amero Belge or whatever the new classification is I really think that the Renaissance needs to be long term thinking about where you're where 
where that again that terroir, which is one of those terms that Vera Public is spending a bunch of time and energy on, I see. Um, <laughs> from Sonoma County, yeah. and 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 the point is is that we have to use the resources around us. Sure. And we've played with things like redwood and and different types of oak and 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 birch, which are all indigenous to the area, and and some of them worked, some of them didn't. But five years ago, I couldn't do that because I was too busy, stuck in the hole making. Racer five, and and paying the rent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, paying you have the rent. to do that. No, that sounds like did, an awesome. Uh, but all those years of doing that gets you to this point where you get to br- bring us a great product like that. Exactly. So so well, look for that stuff because it's 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 going to be something new. You know, some of our other beers, um, uh, Racer X in the twenty two ounce bottle is something that we're going to be throwing out. Okay. A oh, couple wow. four packs that are that are in the works, and. The problem is, is that is that everything is all. I've been building a brewery for the last three years. Yeah, literally building a brewery. So, yeah. so now we're gonna we're gonna focus some some family energy and time on letting me get go back to the drawing table, literally to come up with the logos and the graphics that we need right. for the next set of products. And uh, and now you're there. I there. mean, Sully's just been looking for that nice sports coat for three years. You've been building a brewery. <laughs> this is a very nice. I had Jack You've White done. from the White Stripes that told me this is a very nice jacket. You've well, done and, well. In person. And Sully has some <laughs> some interesting, he, you know. Go ahead, say it. He's a kook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Loco would be. But, but the point is, 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 is uh, You've got some interesting perspectives because we've talked about this growth for a lot of time and where we need to be and what we do. We're yeah. publicans, too. We own pubs and restaurants. We have to remember our locals who pay the bills. But but in the end, it's it's cool to see you putting the stuff out because it's uh, it's inspiration. It's uh, it's showing us a way to a lot of different things. Sure. So. I have to tell you, uh, I, don't know, I know we don't have a lot of time, but uh, the one beer that I have been blown away by... That you have that's come out of your uh, your your brewery is the 100% rye uh, yeah, beer, the easy and, rider. Yeah, ah. and I don't know if we have time to go into it or not, but uh, uh, maybe we can save, we can save that. Maybe show. maybe Let's when, save when it. we have them out, Pacheco. Well, because the show. here's what I want to do. It, uh, it's, it's, this works out great because I want to pin Rich down now that we got him here, Sully. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was maybe, thinking about. Maybe you can help me. We'll bookend him right now. So this gives us two topics because for one, when you put out this pack of, of beers that are aged in the different barrels, yep. it's exactly the kind of thing that our listeners want to talk about. They exactly. want to be yeah. educated as well about how you can put the same beer in a different vessel and talk about the flavors. So okay. just. That you know, when you put that out, just come on the show with that, so that we can talk about it and taste it and uh, help the listeners. That'd be a great show uh, with that. I, I mean, it's, it's a lot more interesting than talking about beer in a can. <laughs> for, you know. Although, uh, you know, listen, we're can drinking you, can beer you in a can. A race or five in a can? Well, yeah, I've already talked. Yeah, I think that's. Sully, I don't know that Sully wants you to put out race. No, five I'm fine. With that. <laughs> so, Sully, bring them in. You, yeah. you've heard about the first can that we really want to put out, right? I'll say yeah. it because we've talked about this. All right. So, so, Exclu- so we no, no, exclusive. here we go. We we won this year for our lager beer called Double Ot. Yeah. And that's what we want to put out in a can. At the GABF you won. Yep. Yeah. And that's going to be your first can beer? First can beer. I mean, Sully? it's all about the shotgun. Will it come you in a kilt? here. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It will not. When, when you guys won uh, brew, uh, brew Brewery of the Year a couple of years ago, you yeah. were wearing the nice kilt. That's a, I was. That was a drawback to that joke if you're paying attention at home. <laughs> Yeah. All night long, try there's, the deal. There's All nothing right, worse so than a joke that has to be explained. You guys, thank you for finally getting me on this thing. And, uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. 
I'm uh, sorry it took me so damn long. No, it's okay. Just uh, no, do us a be, favor yeah. and come back and talk to us about what I wanted to say was, uh, you know, something that we've talked about in the BN before was uh, brewers who have done single hop beers where they yep. brewed the same beer, but they've just changed the hop. And it, they did it just to educate us about uh, how a, a hop can. Yeah, our rebellion this, line, we call it. So, and then this is another uh, facet of that. It's a, yeah. it's the same beer, but but fermented in, or not, for, but placed in a different vessel, yeah. and we get to learn about that. So uh, I appreciate you doing that. Our listeners would love to hear about it. So I'm pinning you down now. It's Rich. kind of like yeah. a it's kind of like a uh, Rich Norgrove Bear Republic intervention to be yeah. on the show. Yeah, it's I mean kind it's of almost it like is. a public thing right All now. All you guys have to do is call my wife, and she'll make sure I'm here. Oh, well, I didn't know <laughs> that well, secret. I, I, I didn't know that either. I was always calling your dad, and he was call like, "No, he's tamarai. still in his room." I was always You're calling in. you. <laughs> yeah. Picking up a six pack of Razor Five. <laughs> well, thank you, Rich. Well, cheers. Thanks, guys, for having me on finally. Quick, how's racing going? Well, it's going okay. I'm actually focusing more time on being the crew chief for the kids. Oh. And so, start you got the, the kids racing now. Yep. Yeah. So, take a look at the, at the website for okay. that stuff. What um, is the website? Give it out. Um, BearRepublic.com. All right. It's real easy. And uh, Riley and Sam are both running in small um, mini sprint cars. Yeah. They're called Box Stocks. And right now, it's uh, it's a huge argument in the house as to who's faster. Okay, my daughter good. actually qualifies better, but my son races better, so I don't know. So oh, we got a good team going. That so, is a good team. And you know what? It's it's awesome quality family time, and that's what we're doing. And so my racing um, is will we'll start in March. Okay. And to be honest, if the kids do better, then we're going to focus on the kids. You are. Yep. <laughs> Look at that. Passing it on. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, good that's for awesome. You. All right, Rich. Thanks a lot. Cheers, I, I appreciate it. Yep. Just come back on the program if I you will. would. You're making great beer, and I appreciate that. Thanks, guys. All Cheers. right, Sully. Well, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, live from the Celebrator Best of the West Beer Festival. Uh, and the end of uh, SF Beer Week. This is it. The final day. The final th- event. Here we go. You Let's can hear people that. cheering right now. Woo! Uh, it's, it's been a hell of a week. How many events did you have? You know, we had four uh, four events, um, and I have to tell you, I thought that the uh, we had a, a Gotwood event with Elysian. I thought it was going to be a nice, calm. Same here. And it was absolutely out of control at the 21st Amendment. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, and, I didn't want to. And everybody was saying the same thing about events that, around the city. It was just uh, the small little events that you thought were just going to be. Not so well attended, maybe just comfortable events ended up being like, you know, huge. Shoulder to shoulder. Absolutely. Well, and I didn't want to say it because I didn't want you to think that I thought that your event would be mellow. No, I thought it would be mellow. I thought that the Wood Age, I'm I'm looking at the list that night and I said, you know what, I'm going to go to the 2 and 8 because I like Elysian beers, which you had there that night. And I like Barrel Age beers. You had yours, you had Elysian. Um, uh, as opposed to some of the other events, there was only two breweries involved, you yeah. and Alicia. So I thought, this one's going to be mellow. <laughs> oh, good no. Lord. I couldn't move. Dave Bueller, who's the sales and marketing guru for Elysian, yeah. uh, when we were first talking about this event, was like, all right, this will be kind of fun. And then uh, It was insane. It was, uh, and then uh, he told me a couple days before we kind of ran into each other. He was like, you know, there's a vibe out there about this thing. And oh. I was like, all right. I mean, you were there. People were, like, eating pizzas. <laughs> In, yeah, you know, in the, in the aisles, there people was were eating each other. There was a point where uh, it was like alive. You know, the plane had crashed; no one yeah. could leave, and uh, it was just stay on the wings. Cannibalism. <laughs> it was rough, yeah. and that's how every event turned out. Yeah. So it was a um, huge success. Uh, it, everybody's expectations were far exceeded. We had no idea what to expect, and I think actually it really set us up for next year Agreed. to really. I mean, it's next year is going to be even bigger than this than the real thing. Unbelievable. Well, if that's the word for today, then I agree with you. The word is next year is going to be just bigger and better, if that's possible. It was uh, for an inaugural event. You guys, as organizers, Sully, you did great jobs. Every uh, pub, 
brewery, restaurant, um, even beer store. Uh, did a great job putting on fantastic events. I thank them personally from the BN and, of course, uh, just from the general beer public and the beer geek people in general. And it's an opportunity for us to allow our renal systems, our kidneys, and our livers to heal for another year. Yeah. And then we will... Uh, you know, we we'll come back next year. I'm going on Do the cleanse again. next week. Are you going yeah, on the cleanse? I have to, I have to detox. <laughs> going on the cleanse. What is the cleanse for you? Was that bananas or is that that? It's this whole lemonade diet thing. You don't want to know. You're not going to uh, do that, are you? But it's, well, you know, I, got, I feel like I need to detox. Especially, yeah. I felt it before this week. And now, yeah. as of beer week, I went to 13 events or some ridiculous thing. And uh, I'm lucky I can breathe. You know, I was afraid. I was not actually. Betts is right here. I was not going to from the tornado. I was not going to go to the barley wine festival yesterday because I yeah. just needed a day. Right. And then I then I found out that we came in third place. And, and you had to. And go. I was like, I was talking to Steph, and I was like, okay, we got to go. I, I ended up having an absolute blast. Well, congratulations, yeah, yeah. by it the was, way, uh, on your third place barley wine thank at you. the tornado. Third place. I've, I've come in uh, third place there before. Consistently have the third best really? barley wine in the country every four years. You know what, man? That is nothing. <laughs> How many uh, of all the barley wines that are put in there? That's nothing to shake yeah, a stick at. It was fun. So good and my hat's off to Jesse again about that. Good job, He did Jesse. a great job. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for the Brewing Network here live from the Celebrator Beer Festival at the Oakland Marriott, downtown Oakland. And that's going to do it for SF Beer Week also. Yeah. So uh, we'll report to you again next year. Uh, of course, we'll be back next Sunday with uh, more beer radio. Uh, I'll see everybody at the, the dialysis center. Yeah, we love. There's going to be a line out the door. Oh, Motor, I oh, saw motor. you this week. Uh, it's good to see you at the uh, dialysis. Tom, good to see you. Jay, yeah, Doug. Absolutely. We'll have, to put, uh, we'll have to put a tap in line at the, the dialysis center. I think you get five dollars off too. By the way, if you come to the, if you take your uh, if you best your of the West, ticket. exactly. Bring your celebrator <laughs> tickets, five dollars off for your first hour of dialysis down there. By the way, I think you're right. <laughs> All right, my brother. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Right. Thank you. And thanks for SF Beer Week. Thanks everybody for tuning in. That's Tom Daldorf from Celebrator Beer News for the Best of the West Beer Festival. And uh, thanks everyone for hanging out with us tonight. Y'all did a great job uh, drinking beer and having a good time. Thanks to uh, Schumann for doing the sound, Chad for doing the producing, Bevo for being sexy, and uh, Tasty for whatever the hell Tasty does for the Brewing Network. And Doc, I don't know where you are, but someone please wake him up. We'll see you all next week. Cheers, everybody. Thanks a lot.
know 